Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Hey, great day. So in this special podcast series, I will be introducing to you abundant streams of income that mental health providers can utilize in their business. And so we just wrapped up a live four-day bootcamp over on YouTube, but I do know that there's a large portion of our podcast listeners that would prefer to get the information in bite-sized pieces versus 60 to 90-minute workshops where they can take their time and implement the information. So make sure to say, Stay tuned to this episode. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi-six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. I'm really excited because we are talking about something that Honestly, if I can be, you know, I'm always like 100, but I have to always get that disclaimer for some reason that um, when we go back to like what life was like as a professional in which we got together in person, we had to get our CEs. If you are a professional in which you had to get your, um, you know, CEs to stay licensed, you had to do at least in California, 27 out of the 36 in person. And then when 2020 happened, y'all, uh, that was, I would say, it was removed from us, like the ability to force us to get together. So with all that said, today is really going to be about what does it mean for you to host a online or in-person event, okay? We are going to have a fun conversation. This is one of my biggest like um, things that I like to do. I wouldn't necessarily, for me, even though it is but not like call it a stream of income because this is my way of actually connecting with my community. And then if they want to work with me after, or maybe they've worked with me before, then they can meet us at the conference. Right. But to me, our conferences are more like a party plus of course, you know, information to execute. So I'm super, super excited. So let's do a recap real quick for those of you who it's maybe your first time joining us live. So day one, we really dove into, and we dove into therapeutic services, We talked about therapy groups and community organizations, doing training, doing psychoeducational workshops online, and then also doing in-person psychoeducational workshops online. So these two, we're going to get more in detail with the logistics of events, okay? Um, Day two, we talked about active digital products. We did VIP days, which was new for a lot of you. We talked about membership sites and like what really to consider before you do that. And then we also dove deep, deep into like, Uh, group coaching versus one-on-one coaching. Uh, Day three, we talked about passive digital products. We talked about paid podcasts and I'm going to say courses, but we talked about a variety of things like online store that can go in, you know, courses can go in that along with digital downloads, books. And then in day three, we also introduced uh, why group practice is not passive. And we talked about that at the end of yesterday. And that was a very good conversation based off the comments and the DMs that we received uh, yesterday. 
So today, what I want you to do is head over to the comment box and I want you to tell me which one out of the two, you may be interested in both, but I want you to declare right now, if you had to choose, if you would like to launch or have an in-person event or an online event, whether it's a boot camp, whether it's a, a workshop, which one of the two would you prefer, number one or number two? Like if you said, I'm going all in today, start next week, which one would you prefer? Okay, one or two. And I want you to declare it because I want you to actually practice what we do at the conference, okay? And you're gonna hear me talk about conference and what is a mastermind when we get to the end because they are two different things in terms of like mindset and activity, okay? So keep that in mind because like I mentioned, I think on day two, when people walk into that room, there's something that we do before they get there that we require them. And this year we're going to do it on a form versus them telling us when they get there. Um, within like three to four weeks before they come, they're going to have to fill out a form to tell us a little bit about their business because we want to know like more about the people that are walking into the room beyond what I can assume that I know, you know, from maybe they've done DTA or um, engage with me on Instagram. All right. So we have a few of you that put in like ones and twos. So we got a mixture. So now let's dive into it online and in person. So for the online people, and please listen to this, even if you want to do in person, because you may find that you may want to beta test doing online and then maybe moving it to in person, or you can do the opposite. You can do in person and then after the in-person invite them online. Okay. So you can technically do both, but one comes before the other. So considerations for online events is we always go back to the targeted problem. What problem can you solve and for what clients? Okay, so you always want to know that. Second thing is, can the problem that you are doing be solved online? So I'm going to give a therapeutic example just to help us like bridge this together. Okay, when 2020 happened, one of the two of the populations that I was most concerned for in terms of deliverability of effectiveness of treatment was children who usually do play therapy, sanitary therapy, especially like how many parents want sand in their living room. And then uh, people who do EMDR and trauma treatment in which maybe you do some grounding activities. I know with teenagers, we would do like mindfulness related to their anxiety and I would have them lay on their couch. Do they have the tools to be able to do that, right? So that's something that you want to consider like that is like with the problem that I'm solving can I actually help the person do it online, right? Um, also, is the energy available like online? Meaning, do the people who are showing up have the energy to perform in the way that you would like online? So again, example, working with a nonprofit in 2020, this is the reentry population. Some of them were fairly young. Um, the staff wanted me to do what's called a community hall to really help them debrief about getting out of jail, going to live in low-key, some of them a halfway house, not really a lot of privileges there. And then you're told when you come out that you're going to have some freedom or all the freedom and you go back home and then you locked up in your house. Like it's like lock up after lock up, right? <laughs> so that does something to the psyche that like re-traumatizes them again. And so one thing that I trained the staff on is you want to train the people how to navigate the online portal like Zoom. You may want to have a conversation with them about, hey, let's test run Zoom. Let me make sure that you know how to press the mute button. Make sure that your face shows. Young man, make sure you got a shirt on. I ain't trying to see you walking around your house with no shirt. I mean, I'm talking about real life stuff that was happening. And I'm like, I do not want to see you working out. It, like, why are, you, why are we talking about this? <laughs> but people also don't have online etiquette. Some providers or service and healers don't have um, like online etiquette, right? So make sure that the energy that you're seeking can show up online. Um, consideration is marketing as well. Um, you have to show up and you have to market and promote the services. So it would not be best for me to say, oh, I want to have a online bootcamp, but y'all never hear about it. And I may tell you every once in a while, but it, it's almost like the event doesn't exist. And then I wonder why no one signed up or showed up. You want to consider that. Length of time. Now, when somebody is learning information, I like to over deliver. I said, I'm not going to finish until I'm done. But I do know if I'm only teaching and there's no mindset or just like chit chat laughter, which is what I do here, you know, and giving like case examples, if I'm only teaching like a concept, 
it is best that I not go over 90 minutes. Research does show that people's brain taps out, meaning they need a break. It doesn't mean your workshop cannot be four hours because some of us, including myself, have CE workshops that are like four hours if somebody wants six CEs online. But we have a 30 minute break in between, right? Like log off or make sure you press mute, turn off your camera and leave on your computer and come back in 30 minutes or whatever, right? So how long would you want your online event to be for your clientele? Because your clientele may differ. I serve professionals and the professionals that I serve, y'all used to sit in the classrooms. It may it may have been a while, but you're used to sitting in classrooms. So I'm okay with like an hour. You know, when we start hitting over the 90 minute mark, I can anticipate that people are going to drop off. Also for online considerations is, are you having guest speakers? Do they know the link to log on? Um, have you made sure that they understand what browser they need to open up your platform? So for example, we're on StreamYard. We tell all of our guests when we have people like on our podcast or whatnot, Ideally, download Chrome. Some people have said Firefox works. Safari does not work well with StreamYard, if at all. So we don't want to wait until the last minute for our guests to tell us, oh, my computer needs to be charged. Oh, my microphone doesn't work. Like you want to take all of these preparation things in consideration and educate the people who are showing up, including the participants. Capacity. Are you using a platform in which you max out of your capacity? Let's just say you're doing a Zoom regular meeting, not a webinar, because a webinar you have to pay like $40 or more, depending on how many participants each month, but they don't lock you until like a year contract. So your Zoom meeting may have a capacity with like, I know the paid version of like 100 people. Over 100 people, you can make it where it's only 100 seats, or if you want 200, you have to pay for that. So you want to consider, as we've been talking about, over the last week, what are the overhead changes that you need to consider for your budget, okay? Also online, what you can't see, but I talked about it a few days, and you probably heard me saying it more yesterday, is one of my team members now is on the stream yard, but y'all can't see her. She's like in the green room, but she's the one over the last three days that's been pulling your comments on the screen. Can I do that? Yes. Have I done it for the last like three years that I've been doing YouTube lives and streams and stuff like that? Yes. But should I have to do it all myself? No. So if you have the help or if you need the help, get the help. On Zoom, you may need someone to manage the comments um, because it may be a training where, like if we're doing a CE workshop, I need to make sure that I hit certain objective points. So I may have certain slides like I do here where I'll say, do you have any questions, right? Tech setup, what do you need? Do you need a microphone? Do you, like I have natural lighting. If y'all ever see the tone of my, like the skin change, that means that the sun is shifting. You wanna take all of that in consideration because if you're streaming live, like I don't mind, like y'all gonna see real life here, but I don't mind like getting up and adjusting my blinds and taking off my camera, okay? What other tech do you have set up? If you're having it in the evening, do you need, I'm pointing because I have one. Do you have a ring light? Okay. Um, is it free or is it paid? If it's free, how many free spots do you have that you will not then resent your workshop or whatever you're having? If it's paid, um, depending on the value that you're giving someone will determine how much they pay, right? So if I'm doing a CE workshop for business owners, it is not going to be the same as me doing a group therapy session for clients. The outcome looks completely different. You all can take hell, even what I'm talking about for free on this boot camp, and convert it into thousands of dollars if you know how to plug in the holes, or maybe you already knew certain things and you just use the boot camp as a checklist, right? And some of you need to actually learn the specific steps of like launching, opening up a group practice, HR, onboarding, things like that. Um, is a recording available? Now, this is something that I would caution you because. I don't mind certain things like boot camps to be on replay. I don't mind because, you know, it, it's a free boot camp. But if I'm doing like a one day webinar, I used to do the replays. And what would happen, though, in the back end of my office is if somebody opts in and says, I want to access the replay by putting in their name and email address, a sequence of events will trigger in my automation to say, since Johnny signed up or since Sarah signed up, I'm assume that they're going to watch the video which means that automation for emails are going to follow saying, hey, if I offered something, this is what I talked about in the webinar and here is the offer. And they're going to get the emails for a certain length of time, maybe three days, maybe five days, maybe spread out across two weeks, basically saying that if they haven't invested in something, here's what you can 
like purchase or investing, right? Um, but a lot of people actually don't watch the replays. So you have to determine what kind of outcome are you looking for and also what are you launching? So prime example, for my actual coaching programs, outside of the bootcamp itself, after a certain amount of time, the replays are not available because that's a higher level program. That's a higher investment. It's over $1,000. And I want to make sure that the right people are getting the emails or at least in a certain length of time. Okay. So make sure that you just think about, do you want the recording to be available? Or maybe ticket sales, for example, are only on sale for something after the online event that day. So if somebody doesn't show up live, they can't even get a ticket, right? Also, repurposing. Put a two in a comment box if this is something that you need to learn how to do or you need to do more of it. You're going to see me do it. So please continue to follow me and pay attention. Okay. You are going to see what's called repurposing of these bootcamp videos and the audio version of it being dripped on my podcast over the next two months. I'm being outright transparent with y'all because I want to teach you how to shortcut your time. So I thought to myself, I came up with this on Monday. After I went live, I was like, there's no way I'm going to let all this free information go dead and me remove it. There's no way. Not everybody's going to be able to come to the conference. Not everybody should come to the conference, right? But I know that this information will even position some, for example, therapists to recognize, oh, I'm really not ready to scale. I need to get my main ship in order, aka my private practice. Hey, yo, what's up with that DTA? So you are going to see me and my team, because I ain't about to do all of it, right? But I gave them instructions, specific instructions, is we're going to segment all of these sections and then put it into bite-sized videos, put it into bite-sized audios, meaning one stream at a time, which may be like a 20-minute audio or 30-minute video, depending on what topic it was. And we're going to drip it out across all platforms. I'm not about to sit here and re-record each section. You out of your mind. But I want y'all to think about how many times do you actually do that? Where you say, oh my God, like I recorded it live. I was interacting with people. So what? Like what we're going to do, again, think outside the box. I'm going to simply sit down. I already did it, but I'm going to redo it so I can do it a little longer. I'm going to sit down and record like a 30 second commercial and say, hey, and some of y'all may have heard this when I've done a bootcamp before. Hey, listen. This podcast episode on the audio version is going to say like, you know, this one is a little bit different. You're going to hear me. I'm telling them what's about to happen. You're about to hear me interact with people. You're going to hear my voice go up and down. And it's because I just finished a four-day live series. And I know that this is literally my commercial. I know that not everybody had a chance to watch the videos. I know that everybody doesn't like to hear all the information at one time. And so I also know that some people prefer to hear an audio. So when they're walking, when they're working out, they can just get those quick nuggets, boom, execute, right? So if you just want to see what we did in the boot camp, or you need to listen to it again, but slower, and you want to keep it, then, then like listen to this topic on is group practice like passive? Right. And so you're going to hear that on the audio podcast. And then it's going to say, now tune into this podcast episode. Right. <laughs> and then it's going to go into it. It's that simple. Why are we making it so difficult? Why? All these platforms were not created for you to record five times. Okay. So now for, so that's pretty simple, right? And that's not all the steps, but those are, I would say, the biggest things that we want to consider is like team support, tech support. Um, and overall, what is your mission and your goal? Now, live events are a whole nother ball game. So you're going to get a sneak peek even to what we've created with live events because I'm going to interject like some examples, okay? So some of the things overlap, like I'm not going to like spend time on them. Client and presenting problem. What is your goal here? What are you going to help them solve? Guest speakers. But when people show up live, it may be a different price point unless you're bartering for services or something like that, but people got to fly to the location. So you may want to consider that. Where are they going to sleep at night if it's a two or three day event? But now we get into the nitty gritty. Where is it going to be at though? And if you haven't heard my podcast on, it was a series that I did, I think two or three podcasts where I talked about live events. Live events is not a game, especially after 2020, because a lot of the venues that used to allow you to plan an event a year in advance, especially if you're spending less than 50 racks, and I'm just putting that number out there because we spent over 30 and they still told us a lot of the venues that we could not plan an event unless it was 90 days out. Put a one in the comment box if you think that that's absurd. Like, think about it. Unless you're doing a local event, 
we're inviting people from all over the country, even outside the country that are some of our clients that are in like Bermuda, Canada and stuff like that, right? And I go and I look at these venues, but we may email them first. And we say, hey, we want to have an event on this and this date because I like to plan ahead because I know that therapists, y'all got strict schedules. You got families, you got kids, you got other obligations. And honestly, like plane tickets may not be fun. You know what I'm saying? So I prefer you to get your stuff early. That's why I plan so early. So for those of you who are like, I'm just going to wait until like August to figure it out because that's what me and my team have talked about. Like maybe people are thinking it's too far out. And I'm like, oh, well, they haven't taken a look at these uh, plane tickets. Because the earlier these days, the earlier you get your ticket, the best position you're going to be in. We are no longer in a time that you can wait and get like a last minute deal, right? It, like even flying Southwest from LA to Vegas, y'all, if you wait to the last minute, depending on if you want a straight shot flight, because a lot of them stop now, they try to save fuel, like get more money, right? You're going to take a four hour flight from LA to Vegas, which is like a 45 minute flight, but it's going to be four hours simply because you don't want to book your ticket early you out of your mind. But these were the obstacles that we ran into last year that actually almost told me not to have the event this year. So I want to be clear, like when you have live events, they don't have to be annual. Like we no longer say, oh, this is about to be an annual thing. We actually never said it. (laughs) Meaning also don't think like, oh, I'll just wait till you have one next year. I don't know if we have one next year. Like right now it's a, it's a no. We already did our 18 month promotional calendar. Right. So I'm just putting that out there. So Where's the location? What is the time required? Meaning, what is the time required for marketing? Is this a new topic that people don't even know that you do? Or if they do, are you considering your clients plus the general public? Or is it only a client event? A client event may shortcut your time, but you still need to market to your own clients. Just because they've invested in you once don't necessarily mean that they are going to automatically invest in what you have again, right? You They got to get something out of it. And what they get out of it can be intangible, meaning I just want to connect with y'all in person, right? What team support? Now we're talking about, again, more overhead. Where are these people going to sleep? So I'm going to start interjecting our conference, right? So last year it was in LA. This year is in Vegas. So let's look at Vegas because now, I like even in LA, I had to drive down from my home because I'm 40 miles away from the actual venue space. I don't live in LA County anymore, right? So I had to get a hotel room. I have a child that goes to school where I live. We also have another child that goes to school in LA. We had to coordinate to determine one of these kids ain't going to school. You know what I'm saying? Or if they do, that means my husband can't come to the event, but he's on my team. Like he's a team member and he's on the events team. So the kids were at the conference last year. right? So, And one of them was there on a second day after he got out of school for Saturday. Okay. So these are things you want to consider. Um, for team, where are they going to stay at? How much is their hotel room? They're still getting paid per hour to be there, but you may need for that day or that time frame more help than your original team. Our team is small. I like it intimate. We got contractors, but in terms of in-state, it's only three of us actually that's physically here. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to call my best friend, my other friends, they sister, people from my church. Hey, yo, cousins, do y'all want to help? We're going to take you out. We'll get you a spot to stay. We may even need to get an Airbnb. We got the DJ. These are all things that you want to consider. Okay. Now, other things that are overlooked because we don't think it's that much money until you get into your designing stage, right, is decor. I, I mentioned on one of the days, I don't do food. It doesn't mean you won't be fed. What I mean by that is I'm not preparing the food right? Because it's a liability. And also there are too many dietary restrictions. I have a dietary restriction. I'm allergic to certain things. Some people only eat fish. Some people don't eat meat. Some people allergic to milk. I mean, the list goes on and on. So what do we do? Write this down. If you've never thought about this, we send a form because some events that you go to, they don't care. They just say, look, we got food. If you want food, get there at this time, or you eat lunch in the middle of the day. Or to cut costs, some events actually don't even include food. And they'll tell you that if you want the food package, you got to pay this amount. We've considered that, but I actually want y'all to sit down and eat together. So what we do is we send out a form to say, what are your dietary restrictions? And we actually do that from the beginning. It's called a registration form. Now, if you're going to the event and you have not filled out your registration form, you're going to notice about 60 days before the event, which is August, my team is going to start emailing you individually, not as an email blast that you, they gonna, it's going to come from their email address and they're going to say, Hey, registration required or waiver required for photography and videography. Like we're going to do waivers for that. When we were doing events in 2020, we had waivers for 
if you had the vid, right? And if you felt like you were around somebody, you need to not come, right? So you got to sign that away. If you have giveaways, yes, stuff can add up. If you do giveaways, if you put things on people's tables, it can be the simplest things from Vistaprint or Zazzle. Depending on how many people you have at the event, that stuff can add up, okay? Marketing, are you going to run Facebook ads? If you run Facebook ads to a paid product or service, just know that the ads are going to be more because Facebook algorithm actually does not prefer that you lead people to something paid. They are really about sharing you know, information and community, right? So I learned that when we ran ads last year, I was getting a lot of people in the DM saying, hey, I want to come to the event, but they had a lot of questions. And at the end of the day, they didn't even buy. And what I realized was that these were people that didn't even know me. They didn't know my brand. Their name didn't look familiar. A lot of them were on Facebook. And so I was like, okay, we just need to really promote first the conference within our community because I really want my students to be there as well because we celebrate them and we're going to celebrate them big this year. Last year, we brought some of them on stage and had them share how their business was winning. But this year, we got some other things up our sleeves. So just be prepared if you're in our community for what I'm going to request of you if you're going in around August or September, right? But we also want to introduce it to the general public, which means that I need to be talking about it all year, okay? Um, marketing to promote the event. Um, so for example, last year, if you want to know numbers, put a two in a comment box if you want to hear real numbers. If you in my community, you heard real numbers, all right? So last year, we had an event and we had 100 seats. When we planned the event, I was up and down if I wanted to do it, but I decided to try it out because I had never done a event with a hundred people. I think the max was like 30 something, right? Um, at least in person, not online. That's different. So I was like, let's just put my vision to work. Let me see what's possible because I'm not going to know what I need to learn from unless I do it, right? Remember I said, I'd rather experiment and then it go downhill and then I can evaluate it to see if I want to do it again and then like interject like what I learned. So the goal was to fill 100 seats. We went to go view the venue, I think, in February. <laughs> the inflation hit at the end of March. It was present, but just like 2020, we didn't understand what was happening until it actually happened. We thought it was going to go away. It didn't. So I knew by the third month, we had sold, I'm going to say, one third of the tickets, like, quick. That's always how it goes when it first comes out. Then we hit a, a like a, a plateau. And I was like, uh-oh. So me and my team were like chatting with certain people, trying to figure out like what was going on. And what was really happening was either financial hardship hit, people's up in their mainstream of income, which for most of them, it was private practice, for example. Their overflow had stopped because they were not understanding their numbers. They waited to the last minute to buy a plane ticket. We had people who bought a ticket and who couldn't come. And so I'm like, okay, we, we need to do a better job, everybody, not just myself, of planning. And putting out there why it's important that you get ahead of the curve. So like, if you got your ticket already, please go and secure your hotel room. Go and get your ticket or at least start pricing it, okay? And if you know somebody who's going, see if you can room with them, all right? That's the best thing to do so y'all can mastermind when it's over. So what we learned last year is that <laughs> with bare minimum decor, the room was like bland brown. We have black, like the things in the back, the drapes, no decor on the drapes and no lights right? Three flowers that my cousin, he's a florist and decor person. So he put three big flower plots at plots at the end of the stage. Um, we had two little tables with little, uh, actually they up here somewhere like flowers. The tables had black linens because we wanted everything to be black just so it's clean. And if they eat, it's clean. And we gave them like hot pink envelopes with like branded on the front with all their handouts inside, which was color. So that can cost, right? We, we underestimate copies for 50 something people. I'm gonna say round it up to 60. We let some of our students have vendor tables like outside, but that was like free to them because they were in our mastermind program. And then we had a photographer. We had a videographer. That was some of the biggest expenses. We had banners. We had a whole team come in and de decorate because I ain't doing it, but I told them what I wanted. We have to pay for those things that they came with plus their time. So all in all, plus food and beverage minimum, plus taxes, plus taxes you don't see, plus my room, plus my team member's room, plus my one of my guest speakers room, we spent over $30,000. Put a one in the comment box if you now respect live events with why people email you so much to tell you about it. Why people talk about it every day when they're having an event. Why they 
you walk in and you may say, oh man, this is it. Like I ain't saying that nobody has said that, right? But if you walk into an event and you like, this is it. And I'm like, just to meet the food and beverage minimum was 15 racks. That doesn't include taxes. And we went over the food and beverage because it then depends on what food you choose. One day we wanted chicken. One day we wanted fish. One day we wanted plate it. One day we wanted a buffet. All that stuff costs. Water costs. You know what I'm saying? Like tea and coffee costs. To keep it out there past two hours cost. To get cookies cost. To have a bar at the end because we had a like a little function for an hour or so at the end. That cost. So sometimes we just think, oh, it's easy to put on an event. But we didn't even get into traveling. Luckily, in Vegas, we can drive. But we got to make sure our whole team now gets there because most of my team was here. Okay. So what I'm saying also is you want to consider all of these things before you put your ticket sales on sale. You want to do research based on a budget that you put together. And I would highly encourage you to inflate your budget a little bit because you may recognize that you didn't capture everything you were supposed to get. You may recognize that, oh, I don't need video. And then you realize, wait, I need testimonials because I want to, or I don't know if I, that's how I was going in. Anytime I have a live event, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to have another one like the next year because of the way that 2020 set these venues up. I don't like it. At least the, the size of the event with what I want to do in the event, like having y'all have room to stand up. I can easily go to a workspace, like a peer space, and have it in New York tomorrow with 100 to 250 of y'all. But you won't be able to get up. You can't be loud. We can't have a DJ. Now, am I saying that I can't have an event there? I can. But at least from last year to this year, I have a vision of what I want at least these last two years to be, right? So you want to consider all these things before you put tickets on sale, plus a whole lot more. So this is just a comparison of what I talked about. Client problem is the same. Can it be solved online? You want to consider, but this is just like for your slides. I'm not going to go over this. These are the things we just talked about. This is just your way of like doing a comparison. Okay. Put a two in a comment box if that part was helpful before we get more into. Now let's talk about scalability and what is your mind really prepared to take on? Not your business, but your mind. So put a two in a comment box if this was like, okay, the slides were short because they straight to the point. But also, I just feel like a lot of people want to have events, but not really recognizing what goes in them. And I just want to highlight that that 30,000 was only for half of the room full, but I had the capacity to fill the room. So if I would have filled the other room, we probably would have spent around $55,000 or more because of the food and beverage. Here I am thinking that I met the food and beverage minimum. We did, but we went over it. Okay, because you never know how those taxes are going to add up. All right. So other considerations before we move into mindset. Some people want to have events like a retreat or something outside of the country. My question to you is, have you been there? Right. What is the process to get there? How do people get from the airport to your location? Are you going to provide that transportation, even though you don't have to? Just make sure that you put that on the FAQs on your page. You don't provide transportation from the airport. It's not included airfare. It doesn't include your hotel. You can declare whatever you want. And, and the way that I think about it for my community, because I've I'm a therapist and I've also been around you for a long time to do my research, is that even though I don't have to, I choose to look out as much as I can for the best interest of my clientele. So my team will tell you, I will sometimes too much bend over backwards and say, well, what can I cut and make it their responsibility to do it? Because then y'all can stay at whatever hotel y'all want to stay at, even though we're having it here, to cut costs off the top, if that makes sense, right? But not all you know, things are going to be that way. Um, if you want to have it at a rental home, now this is not on a slide, but I'm going to say it, okay? Cultural background, based on where you have your event does matter. Professionalism, when you present yourself on Airbnb or on these websites, may matter. Your title may matter. Prime example, we had a self-care retreat in the Hollywood Hills with a few therapists. And as soon as I said, doctor such and such, I'm a clinical psychologist, some people don't know the difference between a psychiatrist, a healer, and a psychologist. So the first thing the owner said, or the person who was over the listing, he was like, is there going to be medication prescribed? And I'm like, no, we're not doing any rituals, you know, because I told him we're doing like yoga and stuff like that. I said, listen, it's just business owners. We're having a branding self-care retreat, which means that we're talking about branding themselves as the best version of themselves. But we're going to have like a massage person come out. We're going to have a 
yoga person come out and all these people were more culturally appropriate for the participants who were coming because I wanted to see what the makeup was for people who bought a spot. And then we found um, healers to come in and do certain things. Right. So some people straight up told me, hey, listen, if such and such happened, like with music or whatever, the neighbors will call you. Okay. Um, I've been at Airbnbs where I've went for birthday functions and it was like a big ass sleepover. We went out and then we came back. We weren't loud. We didn't go over the count of people, but they're watching you through the ring bell. Like we had situations where they said you have eight cars in the driveway. And we said, you could only have six. And we're thinking, but 20 people could sleep here and we, we can only have six cars, but you have a horseshoe driveway. So we have to have the guys go out and move the cars down the street. I'm not kidding. So you want to consider what are the restrictions potentially that you may run into if you want to have a rental home for an event, meaning can you even have the event there? Don't lie because you'll get kicked out in the middle of your event and people are paying to be there. What is the bathroom setup? How many bedrooms are there? Do people get equal amenities or do you say um, first come, first serve? There's five rooms with king beds. There's five rooms with double occupancy, but maybe the pricing is different with double occupancy. You choose. What is the parking? How are you going to handle food preferences? Are you going to have a chef come in? Are you going to have them sign a waiver? Liability. What activities are you going to have? How do these people need to dress? Liability for activities, transportation. Where are you staying? Okay. If you do a retreat, liability and waivers, transportation, guest speakers, payment, activities, a repeat, repeat, repeat. Okay. Are you all in? Because once somebody buys a ticket, it don't look really good for you to just refund them their ticket because you don't want to finish. Okay. And what is the economy saying right now based on the probability of people coming to your product, event, or service? Okay. So these are some like mini case studies is we've had two different main types currently of events, at least this year. This year, we decided to retire one type of event, which I'll explain. And that actually is why we're doing the conference. And so we only have ongoing um, like three live events for our mastermind students this year, right? Um, so this, and I say this year because every year it enhances and it changes. So somebody may do something with us and we don't do three live events, right? So this year they had a live event in Vegas in February. We go to New York in July and then we're going to be back in Vegas right before the conference in October, okay? And then they're going to come to the conference for like their graduation. So that's only for clients only. Then we have the conference. This is open to the public and for clients or whatnot, right? So what we decided to do is integrate some of the things that we've done in the past events so that the clients can get the best of both worlds, but they don't need to come to multiple events. So past events have included, but not limited to CE workshops in person and or online, okay? Um, I've done a CE workshop in LA. I've done one in um, New York twice. Okay. Um, just CE, that's it. Like no masterminding, just CEs. Um, we've also done what we call VIP experiences. That is our way of uh, exposing people to what is a mastermind. So the VIP experience, which you'll see at the end is pretty much what we're going to take the content and like the strategies and we're going to infuse it in the conference. So last year's conference was totally different than this year's. Last year's conference was really about becoming a business owner in your mindset while integrating an abundant lifestyle, meaning who are you? Who do you want to be in your life, not just in your business? We want you to live a productive, good life, not just have a good business, right? Put a one in the comment box if you like, that is like, that is what I want. You want to have balance, but we even defined what is the difference between balance and then work-life integration. Because if you're if you're constantly chasing balance, you'll potentially be chasing that for the rest of your life because you can't balance out your life and your business per se. But in this day and age, because we work at home, a lot of us, you may have to integrate the two. Work looks different. My, if my son was home, he can bust through this door at any time, right? But that also makes me more relatable to mothers, to parents, okay? So what I chose to do is take certain topics that we talk about in these two-day intimate, like eight people only, VIP experiences, drop the enrollment costs, and then bring the conference larger group of people together, but, but I can serve more people with my mission, right? I hope that that makes sense. So we retired for now the VIP experiences because we had two every year or one or two every year in New York and in Vegas, and only eight people would be able to come. And that just, to me, limited the amount of people who to me, needed the information. So um, that's how we're going to do the conference this year. So it's another theme, like being intentionally abundant as a business owner while having an abundant life. And then, like I said, we also had um, retreats. So I want you to be able to see 
what I learned. And then I want you to incorporate that with how you move forward to like shortcut these situations. Okay. So I've had um, a private practice like workshop clearly online and training that was from 2016 to 2019. Okay. I started having CE events and I also want you to see how I grew over time. Like we talked about with coaching, maybe start one-on-one, transform people in that one-on-one, fine tune your product or service, and then offer it to the masses. Okay. So I had a CE event in LA as soon as I became APA certified in 2019. Okay. Then that grew into me getting hella ballsy, honestly, and saying, I'm bi-coastal. I got clients in New York, which I did like one-on-one coaching clients. So that are therapists. So I flew out to New York. I saw one of my clients and then I'm like, damn, I want to come back and do like something with more people. So I had a group that I thought was going to be eight people. It ended up being three, then it ended up being two. Some people bought a seat, couldn't come. Life happened. But in 2019, um, in, in September, I went to New York and had a two-day CE workshop. That's when I first started introducing what is a branding ascension model? What is a product suite? I realized from those women who were there that were there on the last two days, because again, I'm going all the way in. I don't care how many people there. I realized that I was sitting on a pot of gold because that was the key to teaching therapists about streams of income that I didn't even realize at the time. It was just in my head. So then that grew into those two women. They were, I said, hey, we we got time. It's only two of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we ran out of information. Let's just talk. Like I'm like I could do with y'all all all day long. (laughs) So I said, tell me like, what is something that y'all would be interested in? Cause they had done the private practice Academy and then they had done this. So they said, you know, we'll be fired. Cause like we're together. They were like, you know, what if you had like another in-person event where we were able to meet other therapists, maybe like a retreat or something. You cannot tell me nothing. And I don't have a plan by tomorrow, pretty much on the plane going home. So I said a retreat, huh? I'm already formulating how I'm about to do this damn retreat. So Went home. I said, we might do it next year. This was September. (laughs) I launched the seats, y'all, in October. Put a two in the comment box if you want to be like, damn, I want to execute like that. I want to learn how to experiment like that. Put a two in the comment box. You want to have the mindset that even if I fail, at least I tried. If you do things in an online space, at least the marketing, I didn't do Facebook ads. I'm not going to go over my whole sales sequence, but bottom line is I used what I had. I didn't go buy nothing new. And I didn't even, I went to go price like the Airbnbs, but I didn't like secure a location until I got at least one spot. So you feel me? And so, um, and then there were some issues that happened with that, which is on my podcast. So um, we end up having the retreat and one of out of the two women actually was able to come. We had it that following May. So they told me in September, I put it out in the open in October. We had it in May of the following year. Okay. And then in 2020, I started recognizing that, okay, my community, they want to learn about the things that I've been talking about of what I've been incorporating in my business, scalability, streams of income, because they know that I've invested a lot into myself with different coaches, but none of them were therapists, right? So they were like, we want to learn what you know. And I'm like, bet. (laughs) And so I said, I don't know, let's do something to Vegas. So bottom line is experiment. Okay. So VIP experience, I had it in Vegas in, um, that's supposed to be 2020. Oh, no, sorry. It it keeps going. So after 2020, I kept going because then I realized what worked. So then I said, let's up the ante. Let's do another year of the Vegas experience. Still in the the, the P 2021, the the demic, you know, I did it in Vegas. And then I started doing a CE workshop in New York in August. And then I decided to go super all out. And I said, let's do more people. Let's do a VIP experience in Vegas and New York, like one in March and one in August. So we did that. We sold out of all of our seats every single time, right? Then I said, since I have all of these things going on and I really like it, I like hosting events. That's actually who I've been outside of being a therapist. I love hosting events. I love throwing baby showers, bridal parties. Like that was, I am the party girl. I have games in my garage, right? So I was like, dang, what if I use my gift and I shared it with my community? And what if instead of me looking at it as like a stream of income, what if I transform my mindset into looking at it as this is a way for me to see my clients in real life? Put a one in the comment box if you like feel me right now. Like you get to connect with people that you've never seen, that you've inspired or impacted online sometimes for years. And you get to, if you like, to hug them. You get to see them. You get to see if they're shorter or taller than what they look online. Like, it's just funny things, different hair. Like, it is just fun, right? And I wanted to have a damn party. (laughs) So I'm like, we gonna blend a party 
with a conference name, right? And that's what we did. So what did I learn? Okay. All events are not the same. The season in our economy adds variables into what goes into the event. The targeted audience that you have at your event, the attendees should be prepared for the event. So now what we do, and we started this last year and it definitely helped, is that we helped people see what they were getting themselves into. So they were able to do what's called a meetup. If they couldn't make the meetup, then they will watch the recording and then ask whatever questions in our Facebook group for the conference, okay, or for the event. Also, I put the budget on paper, aka Excel sheet, um, and I realized that the budget that I was originally creating for each event, it always somehow went over, <laughs> right? And so that's why over time I started just increasing what the budget was because I would always add on something or something just would be added that I didn't account for. Even like the deposit for the room, like the inc incidentals, you don't assume that, oh, my team got a room that's like $300 a night. I may get a room that's $1,000 a night. And that room may be where we have a venue, like at like at Vegas or whatever. It has a conference room inside the room that I stay in. So when I first did it, they were like, oh, here's the balance or whatever. And I'm like, why is it $1,000 more? And they were like, oh, because you're staying here for like such and such nights. And the incidentals are for that room is not the same for a regular room. And I'm like, damn. And the reason why I said damn is because I have a specific card that I use when I do certain things in my business so that I'm not pulling from money that shouldn't be touched. So what did I learn from there? You always need to overly cushion that card to Keisha. And if you think that it's going to cost like out of your pocket that day, $3,000, you probably need to put 4,500 like on that card just in case, right? Um, the price for events will go up each year, just like the cost of living. The rules for your event can change from year to year or venue to venue, like I said, we found one venue that clearly let us plan it a year in advance, but it's actually, it used to be a club. <laughs> so they had different restrictions, okay? And that was the only place that we were able to find that would be able to let us have it um, and plan a year in advance. Other things that I learned is that I don't want my ticket sales to be refundable for these type of events because we are having butts in seats. We have to get, like online is different because there's no physical things going out. We are buying products and services, some things that we have, like a photographer. Some of those things are priced on how many people are in the room. So no, it's not refundable, right? Uh, also, go to the location that you actually want to visit. So if you want to have the thing in Bali, you need. I, I suggest that you go visit Bali or send someone to go visit it for you, right? And map it out. Um, charge the value, not how much you think people can pay. In the beginning of me just doing business, I would overly think, and, and count people's pockets. Put it to in a comment box. If be honest, even if you've been in business for a long time, you have a habit of minimizing your true value because you count people's pockets. Instead, why not move that energy to what am I offering that's going to help them make more money? Help them think differently to then make more money later. Because sometimes what you're teaching is non-tangible and it's going to have a delayed reaction, response, outcome. I kid you not. I just got off two more podcasts with our mastermind students from last year, one alumni, one alumni from last year that didn't continue this year. And I almost cried on the podcast. And you'll hear me say it like, oh my God, I'm getting emotional right now. Like when I'm talking to her, because some of the wins that they wanted did not happen in that year. But by the end of the year, they realized how much they've grown up here. And guess what? Because now they've accepted who they've become all of a sudden, they were they realized they were at a tipping point. And the tipping point was like the avalanche that's waiting or the volcano that's waiting to erupt. But it's waiting for you to step into the person you're supposed to become to receive those wins. Put a one in the comment box of like, you feel me, right? So sometimes you cannot walk into your next level until you become the person who can accept the next level, which means that, you have to, not you should, you have to make decisions for the person you want to become. You have to make the decisions for your business, for what you want in the future. A lot of you are making decisions or not making decisions in your business based on where you are now. That is asshole backwards. Think about that. You are making decisions based off where you are. Where is your mindset? Okay. So with that said, <laughs> okay. Um, charge the value, not how much you think people can pay. Carefully plan with 
somebody or a team member to deliver the product or service. Don't try to do it by yourself. Create an environment that allows attendees to learn actively. Why do y'all think I keep asking you to talk to me in the chat box? It's not on accident. Okay. So research does show that you learn a lot better when you do active learning. Think about it in college, y'all. If you sat there and just watched the teacher lecture and they didn't have you get up, they didn't have you do groups or nothing. And they had like not even drawn on the board. How much of that information did you even remember for the test, let alone you forgot it right after the test happened, right? We do active learning for a reason. I need this stuff to stick. So what would happen if one year we integrated, this was my question to myself, hence I already told you the answer. What would happen, I asked my team, if we created, um, if we integrated the, the VIP experience with the conference? And that's why we chose to have the conference. So learning experience. Again, this is my, I'm trying to share with y'all what my formulations are when I choose to make decisions because people in our community may be looking like, dang, I thought she said she was going to have this, but it looks like she changed her mind. Usually when I change my mind, it is definitely for the good, meaning something got bigger. My vision got bigger and I'm not sleeping on my big vision, right? So this is my formulation. What if we combine the VIP mastermind experience and just gave it to more people? I was like, hmm. Maybe if we find a venue, right? Then what if we can help more people to see what it, what it truly takes to start learning how to scale their time in business? Because some of y'all may say, oh, I'm scaling, but you're not. You're not. You're just doing more and making more money. Just because you're making more money doesn't mean you're scaling. What did, this was the biggest aha moment. What did 95% of our mastermind students have in common over the last three years? And that's when I was like, oh my God. 95% of them, meaning 5% of them did not do DTA or any other thing that I had. They just found me online. 95% <laughs> of them had in common coming to the VIP mastermind and or having me in another coaching program. So that taught me that a lot of my live events, to no surprise to me, and some of y'all are watching, some of my DTA students are going to position themselves to be prepared to come to this conference. It was no surprise that about 80% of the tickets that have been sold are DTA students. So give it up to DTA students. You know what I'm saying? If you're there, because you're going to see a lot of your sisters and potentially your brother or something, you know? So be proud. You know that you're going to see people in real life. So to current date, what would happen if one year we integrated the mastermind experience? Again, what if we could help more therapists truly see what it takes to scale a business? And what would happen if we exposed them to what they never knew or never implemented, which some of us are the latter. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Intentionally Abundant Podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more resources, head over to drtk.com forward slash link for additional abundant resources. Now, until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.